On today's show, the FIBA World Cup is coming up, but is Giannis going to be there? We saw a report that uh, maybe he's carrying a leg injury, so we'll discuss what that means for Giannis and the Bucks, and of course, Team Greece. And we're around 24 hours away from free agency tipping off. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, the guys on the team. Uh, are there any names out there that could be of interest that we haven't discussed yet? I've got a few that maybe I want to bring up, but we'll see what Frank's got. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, who did make it to Milwaukee. If you've been following along on social media, it's been a rough 36 hours, but Frank is here. We're in the same town. Uh, it is unbelievable. And today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. Now, I always thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every weekday. We appreciate it. Uh, this is a very busy time, and we know people are tuning in to hear what's going on with the Bucks. But, Frank, we did a live pod last night, the second one that's ever been around. And I know some people might not care if they weren't there, if they don't live in Milwaukee. I don't know what the estimations say. I'm going to guess there was it was anywhere between 150 and 200 people that showed up to Broken Bat brewing company in milwaukee on a wednesday night with the skies covered in smoke and it is hazardous to be outside bango was there uh, i had i had a great time and honestly i walked away from uh the night you, you gotta love bucks fans frank they, everyone had their gear on i can't believe that many people showed up so i just to talk about ourselves for a little bit that was that was really cool man yeah first first time that uh, our kind of current roster of Locked On Bucks with obviously you and Camille, Justin, Eric, and and me were all together in the same place at the same time. I I, I did get all the others, excluding you, uh, together at Rocky Rococo's uh, over Christmas. Um, <laughs> but we were we had a Kane Pittman sized hole uh, in the roster at that point, and uh, yeah, just you know we're the hard ones, right? Because we're we're not local. So um, the fact that we were both able to get here was was really cool just to see each other but then um you know i think more importantly i think just uh having an excuse to kind of bring together bucks fans under under the banner of locked on bucks but really you know people that you know i've been interacting with have many of whom i've become friends with um over many years you know people that i've you know have known for like you know literally uh, there's so many people i've gotten to know you know after i left wisconsin people i didn't go to grade school with you know, i didn't grow up with the people I became friends with um, because I'm a Bucks fan and because I, you know, first started writing about the Bucks and then started podcasting and um, have continued sort of, uh, you know, just my, my addiction of, of being around this team. So, um, so seeing familiar faces was awesome. Um, you know, shout out to all of our friends that, that made it out last night, but then also just, you know, meeting new people, people that listen to us for whatever reason that make us part of their day. 
Um, I, you know, I think that was one of the recurring themes is, you know, it's just, there's just so many people. Cause I'm, I'm one of them too, right? Like you, you love a team like the bucks and you want to hear people that at least vaguely know what they're talking about, like talk about the team and um, you know, like there, there's obviously listen to the national podcast. Like, so yeah, there's not, you know, you're not going to hear a whole lot of bucks talk typically. Um, so it's just, it's just really cool just to see that people actually, you know, like listening to us talk about their favorite team. And um, it's the kind of a, a privilege, I think for us that, that people kind of let us, you know, uh, into their, uh, into their uh, iPads and iPhones and Androids and whatever to, to listen to us and hopefully make, you know, I heard a lot of, you know, like people commuting, people doing, yeah. you know, random chores, things like that, right? Like podcasts are just a great way to kind of make those things uh, hopefully a little more interesting and enjoyable. So to everyone who uh, we saw last night, thanks for coming out um, to everybody who, you know, wasn't able to come out, but listens to us from near and far, you know, again, just, we always say it, but we, you know, just appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll think I'll leave it at that, but it was just a, an awesome night. And um, we were before the pot here, Kane and I were just talking, you know, we got to try to figure out how we get both of us back in Milwaukee at the same time again soon. So in season, hopefully next year. Yeah. Hopefully next year, hopefully the bucks can, you know, play long enough that uh, we can uh, maybe get together in the playoffs, but if not regular season, whatever it takes, let's, uh, let's do it again soon. And shout out to um, Tim and the broken bat team um you know it was uh very chill how we set this all up they kind of just let us have the run of the place and um you know obviously we're it's, it's a it's a i think a, a fun thing we bring you know a bunch of people in people drink beer have a great time it's good for them it's good for us you know they have an awesome space there uh, on the second floor of the private room that we had and hopefully maybe people saw some pictures that we posted on twitter but um but yeah it's a uh, a very uh very low-key fun you know we didn't have to have to go through a bunch of headaches to plan this you know i at times i was like man i, I probably should have done a little more prep for this but in true locked on bucks fashion um we kind of you know play a lot of it by ear but again i think uh, uh i think people know how we operate at this point kane and um you know we we had a we had a, I think, a pretty structured event you know i think a pretty structured event we and we only had one mic which prevented me from interrupting you at all times and preventing other people from talking. So I think that was good for, for the flow of the podcast. Uh, it was, and I had someone come up to me, and we're going to get into the honest stuff right now, but uh, I did have someone come up to me and say, uh, you didn't even have your phone on. You didn't even have a plan. It looked like you were just uh, hosting the show. And I said, hey, this is what we do every day. <laughs> this is how we run this podcast every single day. Uh, now, uh, there's the photo uh, of the big fella, Bango, uh, who made it into proceedings, <laughs> which was great to see. Uh, drop in the comments where you're from, though, because after the success of last night, Locked On Live, it's going on the road, and we're going to have uh, shows all across cities <laughs> in the world, and there's going to be two people in uh, Locked On Bucks Live in, uh, I don't know, uh, Connecticut or something like that. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, now, what wasn't fun, though, was to wake up to a news that is insinuating that there is some kind of leg injury with Giannis. This was basket news that reported that Giannis uh, is doubtful to play at the FIBA World Cup for Greece. Uh, you know, I'm still curious that we never heard anything about the wrist or hand injury for Giannis over the last couple of months. That was probably my my major concern, but some sort of leg injury. We know he's always sore. We know there's been knee stuff in the past where there might have been some friction between Greece and the Bucks, but 
basically suggesting that the Bucs don't want Giannis to play in the World Cup if he's not 100% healthy. Uh, that seems pretty reasonable to me, but I assume we've got a bunch of listeners that are hoping to see Giannis play in the World Cup that this was disappointing for, Frank. Yeah, I mean, anytime we talk about you know Giannis and, and the Greek team, it's always this kind of back and forth between you know the perspective of narrow-minded Milwaukee Bucks, what is best for Giannis being a Milwaukee Bucks player and, you know, reaching the lofty goals that, that they have every year of, of trying to win a championship. And obviously, yeah, narrowly speaking, if the Bucks could say like, Hey, just don't, don't play any competitive basketball in the off season. Like they would love to be able to just wave their wand and, and have Giannis not play. Um, alas, it is a negotiation with Giannis. Um, you know, like, uh, again, I'm sure they are very careful. Uh, they don't want to obviously piss Giannis off about, you know, <laughs> trying to prevent him from playing FIBA basketball, especially given, uh, you know, the year to year sort of, I think, dance that we're going to be in with Giannis and, and sort of his future and, you know, staying in Milwaukee and all that. So um, I'm sure the Bucks would strongly prefer that he not play regardless of health. Um, and so what does this leg injury mean? I mean, the funny part is I was scrolling Twitter and it's like, you know, there's video that he posted of himself, like taking off his shoes after a workout. And it's like, so, you know, I, I assume there's some basis in fact of, of this injury, right. I, I assume it's not like just some completely concocted thing. We know Giannis can always sort of just point to the, you know, right knee soreness thing or left knee soreness thing. Right. Cause he's had that, you know, kind of chronically for years. And that was, um, you know, knee soreness was kind of what caused that initial dust up you referenced you know, years ago between the Bucks and, and the Greek team. So, uh, you know, Giannis is doing his Giannis thing. Um, it's not like we're talking about a, you know, Chris Middleton, oh, by the way, just had, you know, surgery to clean up his knee and that's why he hasn't been in public and there's been no pictures of him for the last, you know, six weeks or something like that. Uh, Giannis is obviously not, you know, hidden away somewhere. We know he's upright, looking normal. Again, what's he doing in these workouts? We don't know, but he seems like he's been working out as, as per usual. Um, so if there is something, it does not seem to be a, you know, serious injury. It's not like it, I don't think anybody's assuming that like he, Oh, he had some major leg injury yesterday or something like that. But, um, but what it is, I mean, literally it's like leg, all we got is an appendage cane. We don't even know if it's his knee body ankle, body. Yeah, exactly. Um, in hockey, it's always the like upper body injury or lower body injury. Cause they never want to tell people, tell the opponent what, uh, what's hurt. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think absent more information, I think we just assume that there may be some soreness, something possibly that knee and the bucks probably are encouraging Giannis to take care of his body first all summer and work on his you know game and do his normal stuff. And if he, find it, you know, uh, in his heart to, to kind of leave out Greek basketball for a summer, that that would be the best thing for him as he prepares for, you know, a really important NBA season. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't say no, no cause for, for big alarm, but absolutely something worth monitoring, right? If there's something we don't know, um, hopefully it would come out at some point soon. And I think everybody who, you know, loves Giannis, which is probably most of the people that love listen to this podcast, I love watching Giannis play basketball. You know, in my ideal world, he's healthy and he plays in the World Cup and he does awesome and helps Greeks win a medal, right? Like, I would love that. That would be so fun. I love watching Giannis play for the Greek team. Um, but I also, you know, practically speaking, I'm a Bucks fan first. I don't want him to risk 
you know, injury that could impact um, his play for the Bucks in the regular season or, or beyond uh, because of what he's doing in the summer. So again, it's the same tough trade-off that we always talk about. Uh, but, you know, again, I don't want him playing hurt in the world cup, but um, hopefully he's healthy and can play. But if there's something that, you know, can excuse him from the world cup, Hey, if you're a, a narrow thinking bucks fan, I think uh, that would probably not be a bad thing either. I'm always torn with this because we also, I mean, you mentioned some of the videos. I think he was taking his shoe off and smelling it or something. I don't know what was going on there, but he's got some new shoes coming out. But anyway, uh, you know, we've all seen Giannis work out. So I'm always torn, and this is always something we talk about. Of course, accidents can happen when you're playing a game of basketball, but is he at more risk? Is there going to be more wear and tear playing in the World Cup than what he's doing on a daily basis anyway? I don't really know, but let us know. Uh, in the comments, how you feel about the news that came out today, whether you're concerned, whether you're desperate for Giannis to play uh, in the World Cup. And if you're a Greek basketball fan, I assume you're desperate for him to play. I would be the same with my uh, Australians that I'm hoping will have a long uh, tournament in the World Cup. But if you're not from Greece, how do you feel about Giannis playing? Because also uh, you've got this NBA season that runs into the Paris Olympics next year as well. So for all the guys that are playing international basketball, it's a really busy uh, period here over the next couple of years and particularly because the Olympics were delayed uh, going back a couple of years ago. So next, we're going to get into free agency, though, because I think this is what everyone's excited about right now, particularly over the course of the next 24 hours. Uh, who are some of the names that maybe the Bucks could bring in new faces? Keeping in mind, there actually isn't that much room on the roster. So we'll talk about free agency and the Bucks coming up next after we talk about our friends over at Prize Picks, today's uh, show sponsor. If you're not familiar with how Prize Picks works, pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. It's just you versus the projections available. So it's uh, if it's in a basketball, a WNBA game, it could be the points over, the rebounds over, the, the blocks under. Uh, you'll be able to get all those projections on prize picks. And I mentioned WNBA, but there's also uh, MLB you can get involved with, uh, college sports, whatever's going on in college sports right now, esports, NASCAR, tennis. Uh, so endless sports that you can get involved with on Price Picks. Download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, they'll give you 100. If you deposit 50, they'll give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. All right, so tomorrow is the big day. Free agency tips off 6 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll have a podcast at some point because we're expecting there's going to be some Bucks news. Now, uh, by the way, Kane, did you did you clarify? I, I didn't catch the pod yesterday because I was traveling. Did you clarify? We we did not record. We did not even record the, the live podcast. If people are no. looking for it, we apologize. It just logistically, we just opted not to do it. I think it was probably uh, more. <laughs> it may have been a more free flowing. I probably swore a lot more uh, because I knew it wasn't being recorded. Um, but uh, but yeah, so obviously for folks who wanted to be there um, and w would like to listen to it after, like, you know, apologies. It was kind of a, for, for various reasons we don't need to get into, we uh, we opted not to do it. But um, but again, I, I for that reason, we will obviously also make sure that uh, some of this discussion I think that we're about to get into, which we talked about yesterday, we'll, we'll cover again today so that people don't feel like they, they missed out on any uh, you know, killer, killer insight, but, um, but yeah, anyway, and I, I guess just one more reason you got to come next time we do one of these, right. You just, you know, if you, if you want, if you want to be the completest 
Lockdown Bucks listener, you're going to have to show up to the live pod to get it all. It's kind of fun. I'm not sure if it really works last night, if it would have uh, been a good podcast listen anyway. I'm sure people would have listened, but I'm not sure that yeah. that uh, format really works. But uh, you bring plus, that up. Plus right? it was just us, and it was just us too, right? It wasn't like we had, like, you know, it's not like we had Giannis come on as a guest or something, and people were like, what did Giannis have? You know, whatever. Like, it was just us. Um, it wasn't, we didn't, we kind of made a point to not do, like, spend a bunch of time on, like, interviews with people, because it was like, eh, whatever, we just want to hang out and have it be chill. So, yeah, it is what it is, but... Um, Again, uh, we'll we'll try to make sure we cover everything that was uh, was salient. Yeah, well, that's why you bring that up because we did uh, have the question about what players might be on the list that the Bucks uh, that aren't Milwaukee Bucks players, and that's always the fun part of free agency. I think new players bringing new players to town. So I know you had a list. You mentioned a bunch of guys last night. We can go through them a- again. There was a tweet overnight, and I just want to throw a name at you to start. There was a a tweet that dropped uh, some point last night. I was probably too busy talking or drinking or who knows what i was doing but uh, a guy that we've at least kicked the tires on before but that was more from a trade standpoint uh, eric gordon what do you think the market is for 34 year old turning 35 eric gordon frank yeah and and he's coming off having earned you know what like roughly 20 million dollars a, a year lot of for, yeah for the last few years um i think he's actually a really fascinating option like he wasn't on my list because i I had assumed that the Clippers would probably keep him, but obviously with his big cap number, there there's a lot of financial upside from a tax perspective for them to to have waived him. Um, so, you know, I personally would would definitely be be interested in him. You know, the reason that I think we've previously looked at him as a as a potential interesting fit is because again, like I mean, we're always looking for that shooting guard solution for the playoffs. And, you know, I think we, we discussed last night, one of the questions that came up was, and we had a couple questions, right? We had questions around like, you know, kind of what's our opinion of Grayson Allen? Is there, is he the kind of leader in the poll, in the, in the clubhouse for the starting shooting guard spot? And I thought, I thought Justin actually probably made the best point. I like the way he framed it is, is he said, like, I don't think the Bucks have their starting shooting guard for the playoffs on the roster right now which, you know, obviously there's a number of guys who are not officially signed yet. Um, Grayson Allen, you know, that, that's probably mo- <laughs> mainly a statement about Grayson Allen and whether, you know, he is the answer to to being the buck starter um, come playoff time. I, you know, and, and I made the point as well. I think Grayson Allen's kind of underrated at this point. I feel like there's been almost like so much urgency to kind of push him out the door um, by Bucks fans, which you know, I understand to, to an extent, right? I think some of the kind of size limitations, physicality limitations. We saw more against the Celtics uh, a couple years ago. Um, and I think offensive, I think his biggest problem is he's not a motion shooter. He's, you know, a very good spot up shooter, but doesn't get up tons of threes just because he is a guy that tends to, you know, need to be set to, to shoot threes. Um, I think Eric Gordon is is interesting. He's a guy that I, I definitely spent some time thinking about, like, you know, last couple of years as, as a potential trade target. His cap number always made it really hard because it was really hard to find mm-hmm matching salary to get a guy who was in that $20 million range. And then even if you get the matching salary, then it's like, okay, so given how expensive this roster is, like, you know, you're peeling off 20 million of that for Eric Gordon, who, you know, he's, he's an aging player, but um, I think he's interesting for, for a couple of reasons. I think one, um, you know, he is a guy that um, to the detriment of his three point percentage (laughs) at times, um, he's a guy that, will shoot threes from anywhere, right? I mean, he he will shoot the 30-foot three. Um, 
he he is not afraid to to jack it up from from pretty much anywhere on the floor. Um, he's uh, I think a guy though that to me has been most interesting because of kind of the the fact that he's historically been a, a pretty sturdy two way player. And and this is a question where I did not see enough of Eric Gordon in last year's playoffs and and regular season to really comment on like where his defense is. Um, you know, at his peak when the Rockets were good, I mean, he was a a good physical perimeter defender. He's not the tallest guy in the world at six four, but you know, he, or six three, six four. But he's a big boy, right? I mean, he's listed at two fifteen. Um, he's strong. Uh, he's wide. He's you know not a guy that you can just sort of like back down easily in the post or something like that. And so, I think a guy that you know I thought physically again, is he a better defender than Grayson Allen at this point? I would imagine he's still a more physical defender than Grayson Allen at this point. Is he as good in the regular season? Um, is he as quick as Grayson Allen is? Maybe not, right? Uh, but if you're looking for a guy that has some physicality, I think Eric Gordon, you know, I, I, I would speculate that he, that he still has that. And, you know, just, for, again, from like a scoring perspective, he's a guy who, again, he's never going to be a point guard, um, but he can handle a little bit. He can shoot from wherever. Um, and he's obviously been a guy that has scored at, at a high rate for a long time. And, you know, looking at his numbers, like, you know, his, a lot of his sort of rate stats um, have, have held up pretty well, even though he's now going to be entering his, his age 35 season. So I, I feel like we've, we've heard suggestions, as you said, of the Bucks being interested in Eric Gordon um, in recent years. Uh, I imagine that, you know, he is a guy that, that I would fully expect the Bucks to be calling on him and seeing kind of what he wants to do. He's a, I think, what is he? Is he from Indiana, I think, or Illinois? He's, he's like a Midwestern guy. So, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't, you know, I don't know how much, uh, he, uh, he, he would be averse to, uh, Wisconsin winners or anything like that, but, uh, I imagine he would prioritize, I'm sure he wants to win, but I think probably the question, you know, that, that you were hinting at is, you know, how much does he prioritize getting, you know, uh, a bigger contract with his next deal versus, um, signing for the minimum and, and chasing a title. I don't know. Right. That's, that's probably the main substance of the discussion that, you know, John Horst would have to have with his agent uh, because again, I think with the bucks, you know, we talked about it last night. I tweeted about it. There, there's a pathway the bucks could, uh, can, could use the tax pyramid level exception. It, it starts with whatever numbers that hopefully knock on wood, Chris Middleton and, and Brooke Lopez agree to at 501 central time on Friday. That's the, the hope obviously that those guys sign immediately. And then you have a much better view of, um, kind of what type of money you have to work with under the second apron, which again, you know, the, the tax pyramid level, you have to be at, at the second apron or under it um, in order to use that, that tax pyramid level. And it's only $5 million this year, right? So it's not last year, 6.4. They've essentially pushed down the tax pyramid level. They've bumped up the room mid level, they've bumped up the, the regular non-tax mid level. So um, this goes for Eric Gordon. This goes for any of the guys that we might talk about as potential targets. Um, you know, the tax pyramid level isn't like a huge number. It can only be a two-year deal, so you'd be looking at you know one-year deals or like you know maybe a John Horse special one plus one if a guy is good enough and potentially young enough to take that deal. But I mean the irony is like some of the minimum contracts if you're a ten-year vet, the, the five-year the sorry the the tax term mid level is not really a whole lot more. I mean it's maybe like it's under two million dollars more than your minimum contract um, that you would get if you signed a minimum deal. So. Again, the delta value of, of that tax pyramid mid level has gone down and with it comes, you know, limitations um, for teams. If you use it, 
um, then, then you are hard capping yourself at the, the second apron, which will be 182.5 million approximately this year. So again, Bucks can structure their contracts so that they could sign a guy at that level. And they could also, you know, I've been sort of placeholdering, like maybe they resign Jay Crowder or Javon Carter for $4 million a year, fill out with minimums otherwise. And then uh, you could use that tax pyramid level and be just under the, that, uh, that, that second apron. But again, you may also opt, hey, I'd rather keep Javon Carter and Jay Crowder and then just not be hard capped because then I have a lot more flexibility to make trades, bring back more money and deals and things like that. And again, the hard cap is an annoyance, right? It's hard to kind of work around it. We saw um, a couple of years ago, the Bucks were hard capped and, uh, you know, it just makes everything more difficult from a team building perspective. So, so yeah, I think Eric Gordon's a, a very interesting player, especially, you know, if we want to get into some of the other names, especially when you look at the crop of guys that might also be out there. It, it's hard to believe for me that he might be in that range. And I, and I always, well, I always kind of just look at it and I'm like, why am I like really interested in this guy? Probably because he's pretty good. And for the Bucks, when they're in this difficult situation, when it comes to the financial situation, maybe uh, there is guys like our old friend, Dante DiVincenzo, who I mentioned yesterday on the podcast that I just, first of all, maybe he doesn't want to come back to Milwaukee. But uh, more importantly, I think that the, the deal is going to be a little bit more than that. So uh, unfortunately, I, I don't know whether you brought your best material last night in terms of names you had on the list. It was a little bit underwhelming. Uh, but what are some of the names? Maybe we could just rip through a couple and at least put them on the table because there yeah. will be guys and there will be under the radar guys that fans uh, will be interested in. And I know that he got a little bit more money than this, but and, and I think it was a unique situation. But uh, Bruce Brown, where's the Bruce Brown for the Bucks? I'm just going to keep mentioning that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if we kind of just go through, through some of the names, right? Um, let me start with guys that I, I think are like, could command tax pyramid level or potentially more in some cases. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a guy that I think finally sort of started to figure some things out with the Timberwolves. I think he was starting um, in, in the playoffs ultimately. Um, he's an interesting guy, still very young. Um, you know, I thought there, there was some hope initially that he might be a point guard when he came into the league. Um, he's got good size, but I think he's more of a kind of shooting guard slash wing type guy who can handle it a little bit. I mean, I, I think the dunked on guys actually had him at potentially getting like $10 million a year to stay in Minnesota. So he's probably out of your budget, but again, who knows, maybe not, uh, especially given that the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be paying, you know, like the GDP of Canada to, uh, to, to their three centers at this point with Nas Reed signing in addition to Rudy Gobert <laughs> and, and Carl Anthony Towns. Like, it's just kind of crazy how much money they're spending. Um, let me go through some of like the like some of the younger guys that like that might be interesting before we get into maybe some of the like older vet type type guys, which are you know more in the like Eric Gordon age range. But um, so aside from Nikhil Alexander Walker, you know Dennis Smith Jr. is interesting to me. Really good defender, obviously former you know lottery pick. Interesting guy had kind of a redemption season with the Hornets last year. Um, again, very good defender, physical, great physical tools. Um, but really has never figured out how to shoot at the NBA level the way people expected when he came into the league. It's been a poor three-point shooter the last couple of years. That's what the Bucs are after this year, Frank. That'll work. I know. We're gonna ch- Adrian Griffin's going to bring in those good defenders who can't shoot three-pointers. What could go wrong? Um, I think he probably stays at uh, stays in Charlotte. But again, he could be a guy that um, that signs for something in that tax pyramid level range. And again, like this is, I think this is the kind of thing, right? Like 
I think if you're the Bucks, you have to think like, is there a guy that we could sign who has upside to be better than he's been? You know, <laughs> like um, that. That's that's again really hard to find these guys. But you know, think about someone like Pat Connaughton, who they got you know essentially the minimum from yeah. Portland years and years ago, and he developed into you know a top seven rotation guy on a championship team, right? Like, and and that's obviously what we always talk about is like who, which of these guys could you see becoming a top seven, top eight guy in a playoff rotation, the guy that plays every series. Uh, and that to me, that's like with minimum guys, I'm fine spending the minimum on guys who are more like regular season guys or guys that like, you know, have like some flaws that probably prevent them from being high level rotation players in every playoff series. Like what do you want for a minimum, right? Like this is really hard to find. I think for the taxpayer mid-level, I think you at least have to like construct a narrative <laughs> like, about that there's at least a chance that that guy could be that type of player. Because again, you just, you just have very little ammo to sign guys this summer. So, uh, you know, again, is Dennis Smith Jr. That guy, I don't know. The shooting may be a problem. Um, Shake Milton. And again, uh, still talking about kind of like combo guard type guys. Um, I've generally like felt, I mean, we've obviously watched the, the, the Sixers a ton against the Bucks in recent years. And Shake Milton's been there a while. He's now an unrestricted free agent. Again, never kind of like, broke through to becoming like a really, you know, high level playoff performer. Um, but a guy that can handle it a bit, shoots pretty well, can create shots from the mid range. Um, again, defensively, I was about to say he's not, he's not great. Nothing great shakes um, pun intended, I guess. Um, but he's not, you know, just like, a, I don't think he's a hopeless defender either. Um, so again, shake Milton tax for mid level. Yeah, maybe uh, that doesn't seem crazy. Um, other kind of younger guys, um, RJ Hampton was just waived by the magic. Uh, I, I think RJ Hampton's probably like reaching that point where it's like, I think I just don't know that he's ever, <laughs> he's ever going to figure it out. Um, a guy, I mean, he plied his trade in the NBL for that season, Kane, right? So I'm sure you, you have a soft spot for, for RJ Hampton. Um, you know, again, has some athleticism. There was hope that he would become a good three point shooter has a little bit of handle, a little bit of, you know, ball create, you know, creation on his side just hasn't really happened. Right. And has bounced around a fair bit. And, and obviously now a free agent, probably looking at like a minimum type contract. So again, dice roll RJ Hampton for the minimum. There are worse ways to spend your money, I think. Um, but he's a guy that I, you know, do I think he's going to be a top eight playoff rotation guy? I would be pretty damn shocked if he's a playoff rotation guy for, for any team, but again, maybe there's something in there and he's still very young. Um, Troy Brown is interesting. 23 years old, uh, went to LA last year, you know, former mid first round pick, um, good size, good handle, you know, came into the league as like, kind of like from Oregon was like, Oh, he's like kind of a weird Swiss army knife guy. Um, has shown, I think three point shooting, not necessarily super consistently, but has a bit of a three point shot and can defend a de to a decent, uh, extent. And so I think, I think he's an interesting guy as well. Again, you may need more than uh, the minimum. Maybe it is more of that taxpayer mid-level. Maybe someone gives him more. But I think Troy Brown is interesting. And then um, a couple of Bulls players that uh, we obviously have seen a lot of the Bulls these past few years. Um, Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr. Um, Javante Green is like 6'4", but seemed to play power forward a ton for the Bulls. Uh, he's kind of a weird player, but I, I again... Bruce Brown potential, you know, he's 29. So maybe the Bruce Brown potential is, is out the window, but I think he's a guy that has been sneaky productive. 
He's not a guy that is going to shoot a high volume of threes, but is is pretty competent from that range and also a pretty competent defender. Um, so again, you can kind of look at him and say like, well, if this guy's good, like why why didn't he play more for the Bulls? You know, um, fair question. But uh, I think you look at the last couple of years. Um, I don't know. I mean, a guy again that's really efficient inside. I mean, over sixty percent on two point shots. Um, and shot three is 36% and 37%, but on very low volume the last two years. So I think if you're talking about, you know, who, who has maybe some of that, like, and he's Bruce Brown size, he's, you know, he's six, four. So he's again, six, four, two Oh five looks like a shooting guard on paper, but in practicality has, you know, plays a lot bigger than that. So I think Javante green is interesting. And then Derek Jones jr. I think everybody knows about obviously his incredible athleticism. Um, again, I think he's a really solid um, versatile defender doesn't have the size, you know, he's a guy who like probably has like the offensive skill set of like a four, um, given the kind of lack of, of really consistent three point shooting, but you know, he's six, five, two ten, Right. Um, so he's again, kind of like green, like plays much bigger than, than his size would suggest greens. I think 29 Derek Jones Jr. Still only 26. Um, but he's a guy that I think has generally been like a pretty productive player, can hit the corner three and he was at 33% three point shooting, you know, really each of the last two years. So again, more of a, like, keep you honest type guy, but you know, again, we talk about like, how do you inject some athleticism and defense and, you know, a change of pace into a Bucks lineup that I think has, you know, lacked a lot of that outside of Giannis last couple of years. I mean, I mean, the guy's nickname is airplane mode for a reason, (laughs) for a reason, like he's one of the most athletic finishers. Um, and explosive guys you're going to find in the league. So I, I, I think he's, again, another really interesting player. So if, if you, you know, rolled the dice on one of those two Bulls guys, um, I don't know. I, I think those guys are both both pretty intriguing. So that that's kind of the list of, of the, the younger guys. And then I'll just quick list out some of the older players. Um, Danny Green's out there. Put up, good, put up good numbers with Cleveland in the regular season, but then his minutes totally tailed off during that disappointing first-round playoff exit. Again, like it would be weird to me if you signed Daddy Green when you could have just signed Wes Matthews. I feel like they're kind of analogs for one another to a large extent right now. Um, but Danny Green's kind of definitely out there. Um, you know, I think it was Sam Amico who, remember, there's the athletic Sam Amick, who's a very respected journalist. <laughs> Sam Amico throws a lot of crap out there. How much of it is substantive? Uh, quite, that's a question mark. I think he mentioned Derek Rose and Kevin Love as potential Bucks targets. I can see both those guys. I, I, I haven't really been talking about big men um, with the list because I don't know that, that necessarily they're going to focus on that. And it's a little less interesting position to me. But um, we know that they've thought about Derrick Rose for quite some time. Again, to me, he's a minimum guy. What does he have left in the tank? I have no idea, um, given that he basically didn't play last year at all. But um, I would probably prefer an, a younger guy. And again, some of Derrick Rose's past stuff, I just find someone unsavory. So, uh, so anyway, Derek Rose, yes, could be a guy that they have some interest in. And then Kevin Love, I think really probably only of interest if you're planning to move Bobby Portis, but if you did move Bobby Portis and I think Kevin Love becomes a pretty intriguing potential replacement given the three point shooting, the passing, um, the rebounding. And, and again, like not a, a good defender in the traditional sense, but, um, certainly a guy that I think if you have good defenders around him can, you know, be a reasonable team defender. So anyway, those are some of the the names that I've cobbled together. I don't, I don't care if there were others that, that we talked about yesterday or anybody else that you'd want to throw out there. No, I don't think there was anyone from the list that uh, you, you mentioned last night that we missed. I don't know. I mean, overall, I think a lot of people are going to feel the same way. Uh, some of the veteran guys I'm not as excited about, but 
uh, the roster spots are a kind of minimum, which is why to me, I'm like, if you could get some of those younger guys you mentioned, then again, like Troy Brown played 70 plus games with the Lakers this year uh, at around 25 minutes a game. I, I don't know whether he's going to be in that price range, but someone yeah. like that um, is exciting. I think that's someone that fans can actually get behind because there might be some untapped potential there that would come to the surface playing alongside Giannis and, and maybe Drew Holiday and Chris Milton and these guys. So I'm more just fascinated to see, again, as we've discussed, which one of Crowder, Carter, uh, come back. Ingles, not so much, just because we just haven't heard anything. Um, but if those guys come back to Nassus, we haven't even mentioned, because once you get to there, I mentioned it on yesterday's podcast I did solo, but the Bucks have had, over the last few years, the seeming desire to have an open roster spot as well. And there, there's a number of reasons why that makes sense. But you might only have room for one guy. Or two guys uh, at, at the very, very most. So it's not like those contending teams back in the day where you need to cobble together six minimum contracts and see if you, one or two of them become playable. So, yeah, it's a, that's a long list. I'm curious to know what the listeners think about any of those guys, if, if there are uh, some of those names at the top of your list. But all in all, it, it might not be a totally action-packed free agency period for the Bucks, Frank. We, we hope so. Yeah, yeah. and... and... I mean, to your point about the the kind of roster math, I mean, if you if you look at the, you know, call it the eight guys that we hope by Friday will be official with, with again, knock on wood, Brooke and, and Chris being officially returned to the fold. Um, you know, if you add Andre Jackson Jr. will certainly get a roster spot or, or, or you know, an, an NBA contract. Chris Livingston, we talked about it. Like, we were like, I mean, that, that draft range is typically like two-way land. But if he got a promise and turned down a bunch of workouts. Like, is there an implicit, you know, I'll sign for like a two-year minimum type deal. Bucks get a lower cap hit, 1.1 million. He gets some guaranteed money that he wouldn't otherwise have with, with just a two-way. You know, again, I, I'm sort of placeholdering that in my uh, my, my cap spreadsheet. Uh, so if, if that's the case, right, then you're at 10 guys. So you've got five roster spots left and you've got, you know, again, Javon, Thanasis, Joe Ingles, Wes, Jay Crowder, AJ Green, right? That's six guys. So you can't bring back all those guys if you do, you know, what I discussed for the first 10. Again, you could argue, well, Chris Livingston, does he get a two-way spot? And, um, you know, AJ Green gets a real roster spot or something, or, you know, you could bring back AJ Green on a, on a two-way potentially. They did make a qualifying offer for AJ Green, which all that means is basically that um, it's like a two-way qualifying offer. It's not a a qualifying offer for an NBA contract. Um, so we'll see what they do, obviously, with him. We, we've talked a little bit about, you know, does he fit the mold of, of what um, Adrian Griffin and, and sort of the new-ish regime, the new-slash-old regime is interested in. But, but yeah, I mean, again, even, even to the extent, like, you want to run it back, I mean, they can't fully run it back. And I think in a general sense, like, I, I think you should every year try to bring some fresh blood in here um, see if, you know, if it's not a, a proven veteran type guy, then at least go and, and see if you can, um, maybe identify like, if not the next, you know, Bruce Brown, like, can you find the next Bobby Portis? You know, the Bucks have had their own success with some of these guys too. So, um, or, or Brooke Lopez for that matter. Right? Uh, so we'll see kind of what the Bucks do, but, but yeah, the roster spots fill up pretty quickly. Um, and so to the extent that you want to see all these guys brought back, I mean, they're, they're going to have to make some oxygen choices, I think. And, you know, some of these guys that maybe fans liked and, you know, to varying extents guys that, that, you know, had, had really 
kind of useful roles last regular season. Some of those guys certainly may not return. And, you know, hey, I tell you what, Kane, I, I'm all about Joe Ingles on a minimum salary. So I'm with you on that one, buddy. Um, we we had some we had some some moments in the live pod last night uh, where uh, where we had to had to confront the the reality of potentially Joe Ingles not returning. But um, but we will see. Uh, well, we'll see how soon how soon we get an answer on it. But I don't think Joe's going to sign at 501 Central Time like he did a year ago for any team. Um, but uh, but who knows? Maybe maybe there still is a uh, some some angle for him to come to back to Milwaukee, which again, I for a minimum, I'd happily take him back. Well, it's going to come around very quickly. And as I mentioned, we will have a podcast sometime tomorrow night when there's news that drops and we'll have uh, the latest obviously here and uh, we'll try and break it all down for everyone. So uh, let us know from today's show though, the Yana stuff when it comes to the World Cup and his availability there. And then uh, the list that we just went through, whether it's younger guys, older guys, and just how many roster new guys you want to bring onto this roster with the situation the Bucks are in. So let us know all your thoughts. And also, uh, you know, if you came to the live pod, let us know. Drop a, drop a comment and uh, make sure you follow, subscribe, and do all that stuff. Uh, Frank, I'm going to get this pod up there because I've got about, uh, what are we talking? Uh, under 24 hours left for me in the state of Wisconsin as well. So we're going to go out while you're here. We're going to get some food. You showed up to the live pod last night with the biggest bag of Rockies. It was falling apart. It was bursting at the seams. There was sauce dripping out the bottom, but you had a big smile on your face, which is what we love to see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was very, it had to be on brand. I, I lost my luggage. Um, thanks United Airlines. And so uh, I, I literally grabbed a, uh, uh, a buck shirt from my dad's uh, drawer, uh, like the only passable one that I could find. And, uh, and then I drove, drove to Bayshore on the way downtown, got some, uh, went into Kohl's, got some, uh, got some clean underwear, got some socks. Uh, I had, I had a pair of shorts and I had that shirt. And uh, what I what else would I would I do? Of course, gotta stop by Rockies. Gotta load up on some slices to share with my friends uh, at the live pod. So um, you know, I feel like people would expect nothing less than me showing up at a live podcast with a bunch of Rockies and uh, a cup, a Rockies cup. So gotta gotta give the people what they want, King. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, that'll do it for today, though. We've done a lot of talking over the last twenty four hours, so we'll wrap this up uh, here. As I said. Let us know your thoughts. And then at some point tomorrow, after free agency tips off at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time, we'll have a podcast to wrap up the first day of free agency and roll uh, right through the weekend. So we appreciate the support on Locked On Bucks, and we'll catch you all tomorrow.